and welcome to this episode of the Holy Babble. And today, we're, and today or this evening, or whatever, or this morning, or this afternoon, whatever it is, uh, we're going to be talking about recognizing your call, and not just any call. That call from God. Oh, it's going to be a big one. Uh, so today, I am joined, as always, by my faithful host, Paulina. Hello. Wasn't creepy <laughs> <It's me. laughs> at all. Wasn't creepy at all. It was so normal. Uh, and my name is Alec, as always. And today, we are we have a we have we have a special guest. It's so exciting. We don't get many of these. All the way from well, High Wycombe, which is actually where we are, but it sounds like a long way. We have the lovely Maria. So Hello. Thank you for joining us, Maria. Um, we'll jump straight in. So, Maria, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Tell us, you know, where you're from, uh, a little bit about how, what you do for a living, uh, and maybe a little bit about your faith, if that's okay. All right. Um, well, I'm from Italy. Ta-da! Long way. And I am working in translation at the moment. That's why I'm in High Wycombe. And uh, a little bit about my faith. Yeah, well, I fell in love with God, and I couldn't, like, I just couldn't get over him. So I'm here. Just that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can do anything else. He's been he's been running away from me for yeah. years, but you're just still chasing. Him, so you're not getting away. Yeah. It? It's usually the other way around, but yeah. Well, well, I mean, it is the other way around, and we can we're going to talk about that today. So yeah. there we go, lovely. Oh, it was just seamless that transition. Oh, it's just been brilliant. So yeah, as I said, uh, today we're going to be talking uh, about recognizing your call, um, and we use these words carefully. Um, we want to start off with, well, I believe it's from Jeremiah, where I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Um, and it's very interesting for us, I think. Uh, and I've spent a long time thinking about this. Um, but I recently wrote something and I was, was contemplating on it. And I sort of realized that your calling is nothing new. It's something which has always been there. And uh, it, it's always been inside you. And I think, actually, we, we were talking, Pauline, we were talking earlier in the week on how your life is much longer than, well, your life might be a lot longer than you think. And actually, that calling could have been there for pre-birth, pre-all sorts of things. And it, that calling predestined to you for for many years you know outside of time even and it's decided so actually when you come into life uh, and you're finding out what you need to do you're finding out what you actually love doing it's actually you're actually discovering yourself um yeah i think it's very interesting to look at your life and how it has this butterfly effect and uh, like if i look back on my life uh, and see what was happening and why it was happening i can track my life back to when i was literally four and from like first thing I remember how it has this domino effect. Mm -hmm. One thing is causing the other. So we are constantly following some path, whether we know it or not, uh, whatever we realize it or not. There is something and there is definitely God's hand in that. that he puts certain things in certain places that we meet certain people, that we go um, and we find ourselves in different situations that then push our life further. I always find it amusing when, oh, so for me, it was, you know, I, I, uh, I sort of had my sort of conversion, I don't know what you call it, and I looked back on all of my life, and it was just so obvious, everything's just so obvious, isn't it, that, uh, you know, this this calling that you've now realised, it's just, you know, how did I not see this 10 years ago, or how did I not see this when I was six, you know, when I couldn't even talk, or, you know, when I was two, you know, how is it, how is it, but how has it taken me this long to work it out, uh, I always think it's dead interesting, Maria, have you got... Yeah, I was thinking it's true, because when you look back, you actually realise that all the things that seemed a bit random that at the time you were living them, they didn't really make sense. And they they were actually sometimes maybe painful. They all make sense afterwards. So the more you go on in life and the more exper experienced uh, you get, the more you, you get to know yourself. And the more when you look back, 
you realize that it all makes sense and it, and it and it it always made sense it's just it didn't make sense for you yet so it's almost like gaining a qualification in yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting it getting a degree in you isn't it yeah it's like you don't have to be you know incredibly good at maths to figure this out or anything like that but, but it's like the most difficult one exactly yeah and uh, i think well one of the th- one of the things that i was thinking about the other day was that actually how many people at the end of their get to the end of their physical lives and haven't even realized or started their spiritual their actual life how many people haven't even started the journey of their vocation you know by the time they die and how how sad that is as well because you know, really, they've been given this opportunity to live, and they haven't really lived. I thought it was so sad. Um, so yeah, um, but it's all about recognizing yourself, and yeah, getting a qualification yourself. Um, so yeah, and I, I was just thinking, it wh- as you were saying that it is sad when you know when you live your life and you don't live your vocation. It is. It feels like a waste of life because you're here on Earth just once, and you can't do it, you know, another time, and. We most of us we just go along life and we don't know what we're doing and we don't know how we're supposed to do it and we don't know why we're here. But so we try to enjoy it. But if you don't try to look for your vocation, yeah, it feels to me just a waste, a waste of a, a, a big opportunity, an amazing opportunity. I think a lot of people take on this like default uh, vocation that the society, uh, which I love dearly. Uh, trust puts on us so like for many people it's just like depending on your culture it's gonna be marriage so people are just like oh i need to get married need to get a job mm. blah 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 uh so they never really consider that it could be something different doesn't mean that has to be something different very often we are really called to like marriage and that's absolutely fine but i think it's still very important to ask that question and see um how it's supposed to happen uh not only what is supposed to happen but also how because god is gonna try to guide you in the best way possible so uh if you are actually taking on this calling it's always good to to try to make it as good as it possibly is yeah it it does make a difference if you uh, look for it you recognize it and then you own it even if it's just what society tells us but if you own it it's so much more tasty in a way Tasty. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Tasty's good. That, that's Tasty's that's good. a calc from yeah. Italian. <laughs> a really nice wine or risotto. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but My vocation life. is a risotto. That's it. Yeah. I love that idea. No, I, so I, was, I, was, I was thinking, that, so I did engineering and that was a very male dominated field. And they were really trying to get women to get into this field. Uh, and I have absolutely no problem with that. In fact, I fully support it. But then there's this, this whole thing where you can't force people into a vocation. You know, if people aren't called to be engineers, they're not called to do these things. You can't force it. So it's almost like society constantly wants to channel us into a stream. Um, and it's sort of as though we have to rise above it almost, get a view of everything, and then realize where we're supposed to fit in. And if we don't fit in in that, then that's not a problem, actually. It's not a problem at all. Because... We're only here for a short period. We're going to be up above, hopefully, for most of it. So, you know, <laughs> and let's hope we fit up there anyway. Maybe there's, <laughs> I definitely want to fit it up there. So, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, uh, so you've, yeah, you're understanding yourself. You're, 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 d- you found a vocation which has been deep inside you uh, all along. Um, maybe you haven't recognized that yet. Maybe you're struggling. Uh, there are loads of pieces of advice I suppose we could give you in 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 coming to that recognize uh, in, in recognizing that. For me, I actually did. Uh, I had about a year and a half where I was really struggling, and I knew something was wrong, and I had to change. And I did a week in the mountains, 
I'm a mountain person, and someone was someone's telling me you're either a beach or a mountain person. You either are stunned by the beach or you're stunned by mountains, but I'm definitely mountains. And so I went for a week in the mountains, and I literally just walked 25, 30 miles a day, and I just literally stopped with my own thoughts. Uh, and I got back off that. I hadn't solved anything. But actually, I didn't realize, I hadn't realized, was that it did clear my head. And, it, and just being free in the mountains on my own with God, you know, I didn't really know that I was with God at the time, but just being there with that with him was, was enough to then help me to get to the next stage. So I think, yeah, it's taking a step back. Mm. Uh, and actually, during this period of isolation that we've got with coronavirus, mm. maybe it's a great opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Great opportunity. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, we'll, we'll move on and we'll say, so say now you, you have recognised your call um and you think you you know you think you know where you're supposed to be so let's let's think about how you can uh either solidify it so well, solidify is probably not the right way but so like signs and, and and guidance what i'm thinking here so say you've started your journey now you, you're recognizing that you're on a journey uh how do you know exactly where you're called to be so you're feeling this urge to be with god and you recognize that that calling is from god how do you now work out what it is I think the thing about calling is like you have to meet God first uh, exactly. because only he can reveal that to you. So the thing about clearing your head, going to that space of like um, silence and like trying to understand yourself and by that in a way understand God and what he's trying to do in your life. Uh, that's only going to lead you there. Uh, so uh, anything that it's supposed to help you with that. There's so many different versions. You can you can look for signs. You can just uh, discern in prayer. You can talk with people. But there's also always has to be that space for God uh, to let him start working. Because I find with myself that I am I'm very impatient. So I will just go and like try to do everything and I will search up all different ways to like, confirm uh, whatever this thing I'm thinking about is right for me. And I will consult this many people. But... The most essential thing is just to let him do his thing, let him speak. And uh, as you always say, the, the silent prayer is like essential for the sermon. And I think I agree with that because there is not going to be a better space to understand yourself uh, rather than taking everything out that you can and just focusing on yourself by this very like mm. yeah. holy way. I mean, silence is the only place you'll find God, truly. If you truly want to hear God, silence is probably one of the only ways that you will fully get to get to be in that sort of... Well, I, what we always say, it's face-to-face -face with God. When you sit and pray, you are face-to-face -face with God. And so you, when you're in silence, you can have that lovely moment where you, you, know, you close your eyes and you can see God in front of you and you can have a full conversation. You know, you're not hearing anything maybe or, or whatever, but you can do that in silence. Yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, he, he constantly speaks to us uh, through signs, through just at all times because i mean he made us so he we have an imprint within us that, that is just a channel for him to talk basically but if we're not in silence we can't hear so it's not his problem in, in inverted commas um and and i was thinking yeah okay um we do get to the point where we understand our vocation but actually i think there is never an end to understanding what your calling is but it's uh, it's a matter of having more and more confirmation, uh, confirmations of it. And I think even when you're in your vocation and your calling, you just, when you spend more time with him and the, if you do the things you're supposed to do every day, you know, your daily tasks, that's the way for him to 
send you the signs and to confirm that yes, this is the the path you're you w- you want to follow if you want to get to you know to a more higher um, calling and purpose. And so I think it's important to remember that you have confirmations. I don't know. I think for me it makes a big difference because it, it, oftentimes it feels like I have to solve a puzzle, as Paulina was saying before, that you just have to solve this equation and you have to do some uh, deep overthinking and ov- often overworrying about things. But actually, no, it's it's there. It's, it's made for you because God made us all with a purpose. So it's not difficult. You just have to find it. And when you find it, it's just natural because that's what you were made for. So it just feels like home. And um, And the fact that you have confirmations is just... It gives you peace, I think. And, and when you have peace, it's another sign that you're in the right place. I think, I think sign, yeah, signs do give you confidence. Sometimes there's, you know, you know God's calling you to move on, but you don't know quite what to. Uh, and so uh, a piece of scripture that means something to you or uh, even an encounter can give you that little nudge in exactly the right direction that God wants you. So God can sort of get you ready to move on and then he will point you exactly where you want to go through a sign or guidance. But uh, it's worth saying that he won't give you a sign or a wonder or anything like that unless you truly need it. Uh, I do I do think, I do believe that. I spent a long time thinking about signs and wonders uh, uh, and some of the things that we used to see in the Old Testament. And I very much think that we only get them if we absolutely need them uh, and, if we, and if it's through our faith as well. I think the thing that we sometimes forget is that because we are designed by God for the specific uh, calling, He designed us in a way that's going to make it easier for us to fulfill that calling. So uh, very often people look for their vocation, their calling, they're going to look for something that is so out of their comfort zone, where usually it's something very much in your comfort zone because this is how God designed you, so you fit into that vocation. Sometimes, obviously, uh, we're going to get so much influence from like outside world and other people and different opinions about different matters that we don't recognize that. But once you find a calling, you realize that that was actually what what I was looking for all the time. Struggling with my vocation, I wanted different things. And the moment I realized what my calling was, uh, everything shifted for me because I understood that the things that I wanted before, I wanted them because of the way I was looking at life. Uh, the the way I was looking at relationships with people uh, was actually the way I want I wanted have a relationship with God uh, because I wanted this like overwhelming love from another person I wanted to be loved more than I was loving somebody and then when I realized that this is the love that God has for me because He always loves me more than I love Him that absolutely shifted the way I started looking at relationships so I think the moment you start understanding yourself and God better and your relationship with God um, those things gonna shift, and the the things that you want gonna align with the things that God wants for you. That's perfect because you know in this modern society it's such a struggle to figure out what love is. So therefore, God first shows us what love is, uh, and He helps us to understand what love is. And then He says, Ah, but you're not gonna use it there. You're gonna use it where I think you're gonna you're gonna really want to use it. And then He shows you how you are really gonna want to use it. Mm. Want want yeah. to be the word, or where you're inclined really, where your yeah. heart is inclined to use it. Although I think that what we want is what God wants. I mean, not in the, you know, uh, light sense where, oh, I want what I want and God has to be okay with it. But what God is calling us to, as Paulina was saying, it's what we are naturally made for. So because I was thinking to my um, 
calling because I've recently found <laughs> my calling. Yoo-hoo! I mean, part of it. Um, but because I've been uh, accepted by NET Ministries to serve with them as a missionary in the... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, to serve with them as a, as a missionary uh, for a year. So until, I don't know, a month ago, I was still struggling with this. And, and it was so painful. And I had all the elements to uh, recognize my vocation for a while. But they didn't make sense because they were just elements. So I had all the tiles of the puzzle, but I didn't have, I didn't know what I was trying to make, to make, you know. And so, so I, ha I always had this strong desire for traveling, but not for just traveling for pleasure, for example. Or I always had this strong desire to meet in, uh, people and connect with them. And then, as long and in in the first, at, at first, this seemed to be like crazy because you can't just travel in your life. You can't just meet people. You have to have a job, you need to be a normal person. And so, it, it, yeah, and it drove me crazy for a long time. You need to be normal. <laughs> yeah. There's no one normal in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I found out. Um, but it used to drive me crazy because it's, it, it feels that all the elements you have, you know, are wrong. And so what do you do? Because you didn't ask for those elements. You just have them, so you have to make something with them. And when I found out about my vocation, like, actually, this experience has everything um, all the right slots, as it were, for me to plug in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so in, in that sense, what we want is what God wants, because it's what... We might just not realise it at first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it also has to be e um, more easy for us to express that love. I mean, sometimes uh, callings, vocations, and like the, the missions that God has for you in your life, they're going to be difficult. But it comes from uh, the fact that we have to, as people, overcome different things. Mm. I think at the moment where we've been created, we've been perfectly suitable for what we were meant to do. But because we live in society, <laughs> blame everything on society. Uh, no, because uh, while we're being raised, while we're meeting different people, uh, we change. Yeah. Uh, so 20-something-year-old us is different than us that was created by God originally because we had so much influence from outside. So it's kind of about like uh, re-understanding uh, yourself or understanding for the first time really uh, that leads you to understanding your calling because uh, if you don't know yourself really and you've been bombarded with other people's opinions because as a child you don't really have your opinions so you are influenced about everything around you um, and it's very difficult then to build your own uh, connection with yourself and I mean living in this world we also have only so many possibilities, whereas God is infinite. I mean, he's infinitely creative as well. So when he made us, he made us with a with this purpose. And we could never make out what that purpose is because we, we have a limited um, imagination, if you want. So it's just a, it's just a beautiful journey, really, because you need to find out more about yourself. But really what you are doing is you find out more about God. Yeah, we, we, we were saying in the last episode that asking what the meaning of life is is pointless because actually it's totally beyond our understanding because life as we know it is completely under understanding. Yes, physical life is in our understanding, but the life that we're talking about is 
way, way, way beyond our thinking. You know, because it's you know th- anything that's outside of this world, which it which it is, mm-hmm. is completely beyond understanding. And there is so much of faith uh, and of God which is outside of this world. So we are never going to fully understand that. And, and in some ways, that will be our journey because our journey does not finish when we finish our life here. And so we cannot fully understand everything that's going to happen. So even after life, it's it becomes very interesting. Um, so if we we'll press on, um, we 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 were going to talk about the three levels of vocation. But I think that's it's it's fairly obvious. But we, we can come back to that another time. I think it's fairly obvious for people who listen to Father Mike Smith. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which we assume is everybody. <laughs> you might hear it as three levels. It's also two. Um, but you know, however, you, what Paulina, do you want to explain more, please? <laughs> okay, I will. So the idea is uh, that our calling is like this whole thing, but it has like three different layers. Uh, so we have the main calling, uh, which is the calling that is the same for everybody on this earth. And it's a uh, calling to sainthood because God wants us all in heaven uh, when we finish our journey on this world. So this is uh, never changing. This is the same for everybody. God wants us to be in unity with him. Um, the second calling is the, the one that we see usually as a vocation. Uh, which is like priesthood, a marriage, a consecrated life, single life. So this is like the main road that you're supposed to take in your life that God uh, chosen for you, uh, that God created you for. Uh, and the third calling is your calling at this moment, what you're supposed to do with your life in this moment. So that can be about your job or about your relationship uh, with your significant other, but like also with your friendships. And that's like the small pieces that make your life yours and that lead you um, to these bigger vocations. So that's the, like the overall look at it. And I think um, it's very important to, uh, even if you don't know what is your second vocation, either you're supposed to be a priest or, an, or a married person or a single person, you can always work on the third vocation you can always ask yourself what can i do in this moment uh, to become a saint what can i do in this moment to love people and love god and the way you <laughs> get to the even to the first level is by doing your everyday tasks so yeah. by doing the the small bits that you know to do basically because you're put somewhere so you just keep plodding on yeah uh, you're probably thinking why are we telling you all these uh, these little things um it's good to break down your your calling because then you can actually start to discern so you can you can break it down into your 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 first bit that you need to discern so your primary vocation which would which would be after that which would be after your calling to sainthood uh, you figure that out and then you can move on to your next bit and you can discern that and so it's it's like breaking things down so it's much easier f- to you to to you to work through it in yeah in manageable chunks as you were saying earlier and it breaks that down for you and it just just yeah it's sometimes uh, it's worth saying that your calling never changes uh, god has a will for your life and god's will doesn't change so you have one calling for your life but you know that that message that god has for you in your calling that can come in a different format so it's like wording something slightly differently. So God could have your calling to to marriage, but then your calling for work could could wander or could change um, from from something to something else. Uh, but also your your calling to married life could slightly shift as well. So it's worth saying that, but it's worth also saying that your calling doesn't change. So. And if you think about it, like if you think, oh, somebody's calling to marriage, um, you have to think about this is not just a moment of of the wedding is not just the moment of the sacrament it's everything that follows it so it's all the small elements that everyday life that is the actual calling it's not just the big title that we put on it so 
so people are uh, very often fixated on this like one thing that's gonna make me give me this title of like I'm I'm a priest I'm a I'm a uh, wife I'm a whatever uh, but actually this is just one moment in time um, that confirms that vocation but that vocation is made of the small mm-hmm. chunks because to be living that vocation you have to do it every day yeah and, and it's uh, well i mean things like the sacraments so when you when you start out your life and you want to become a religious even if you're a priest or a nun, whatever if you're a priest you do eight nine years of seminary you know so you're sort of almost confirming uh you are you're confirming your vocation and then you're sort of working through it getting to the end stage well actually i suppose seminary is actually a you're spending your whole time confirming so i suppose the ordination is when you confirm and then you're on that journey afterwards just like marriage is where you agree to love this person for the rest of your life and then you also agree to bring up children but then the actual vocation in bringing up children and doing all that that's <laughs> further down the line and is uh, a bit different to, to the actual standing there on the day and saying the i do's or whatever so that's way you know way down the line but it's uh you know it's interesting but yeah so so breaking down your vocation can be helpful. So once you have figured out your your one bit, you can move on to the next. Um, so we were going to move on now to talk about the plan. We're having a good debate about this beforehand. <laughs> uh, and the, the sort of so it was the plan question mark. <laughs> so is is there even a plan? So we were sort of discussing it. We we're getting a bit we we're getting a bit theological and a bit philosophical quite quickly. But yeah, you know, what do you guys think? Do you think there is a plan? Do you think you can deviate? Do you think it? Oh, so Pauline, you said something lovely about a sat nav. And how God reroutes you back on once you've taken a wrong turning. Yeah, I, I've heard um, in many, like, um, I'm not going to take credit for that <laughs> because I've heard that from many <laughs> priests. God's fooled there. You could have fooled me. <laughs> uh, that God is like GPS. So if you turn the wrong way, it's not going to scream at you. It's going to find a new way to get to the same destination. It's just going to take maybe way around or, like, you know, look for different ways. But it's not going to change destination. It's going to still lead you there. Uh, so no matter how much you try to get away from God, he always can get you back. It's also a bit like Rubik's Cube, if you think about it. Like there's always a way to self solve your Rubik's Cube. You cannot complicate it too much that it's not meant to be solved. So God is like that as well. Like there is no way you can mess up your life to the point that cannot, God cannot help you. We are God's Rubik's Cube. Yes. <laughs> Blimey, I bet he oh solved yeah. a few of those in his life then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, we, yeah, we were sort of saying, um, you know, when when something goes wrong, uh, the plan does the plan change? Does does the end goal change? Does God just find a new path for you? But surely, therefore, once you've taken enough wrong turnings, there's no way of getting to the end. What happens if you go in completely the wrong direction and continue going in that direction? There's so many there's so many ways to consider this. But we were sort of thinking, God doesn't have complete power on Earth. Um, that's partly well, that is completely because of. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when when Adam when Adam and Eve first sinned, they welcomed sin into the world, and that was a complication a little bit. Uh, and so, following God's well, that was obviously not God's plan. Yes, but the thing is, is that God has the power. Indeed, but indeed. He chooses to let. He's people removed some of it. Is I don't like that word though. <laughs> remove, remove. Okay. Because I don't think it's removed. He just doesn't. He just lets us have our free will. So I know what you're trying to say. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being very picky about the, the way you no, worded no, no, it. No, no. Uh, I don't think uh, God removes his power. I think we have a choice. It's there if we ask for it. Yes. Or to work through our faith. Yes. To work because uh, every miracle, every, every second of life is through God. Uh, so 
his power is constantly flowing through this world. He's all powerful. Uh, it's just that we have um, this uh, wonky, annoying thing that's free will, <laughs> and we usually choose uh, to push him away. And he, uh, in his almighty love, allows us to be that stupid. And that, I, I think it's it's the same thing that you you say in a way. No, no, I am wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yes. No, I've, I've just thought about it in my head, and I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking that um, as long as we can make, we can take a lot of wrong turns, but as long as we don't uh, turn our backs on God completely, then there is always hope. Um, and we can always make mistakes and at the end of the day it's just more complicated for us because you know God has all the time in in this world and the next and he also it doesn't really change much for him if we take the wrong turn it's just it complicates things for us because it takes for us more time and more pain especially more pain and but uh, but but there is hope because uh, as long as we strive for him as long as we look for him it's just going to be part of the journey, I guess. Um, and he will allow it because I think when you're God and you know what's on the other side, you know that what's on this side is not as bad as it looks while you're living it, if that makes sense. So it just, he allows it because he can, first of all, as we know, he can draw goodness, good out of everything. And, and yeah, it's just part of the ride. So I, I want to talk next about trust. So I want to talk about trust and how absolutely 110% important trust is. I don't, I would, I would almost hasten to say you are going to have a real difficult time if you don't learn to trust what God has got for you. Because, I mean, there is, a, we were talking about wants earlier, and it's understanding that what, what God knows is much more than what we know. And so if God is telling us to do something, we, we 100% need to trust that. But again, we, we fight that. We want control. We want we love things. control. We love we control. We love control. We love it. Yeah. Uh, and losing control is actually really difficult because um, it's almost like it's almost like losing your life, which is exactly what we're doing. We're, we're trying to die to ourselves and live with God. And so accepting him over what you know and what you see and what you can touch. And his, he's, you know, you can't touch him and you can't really see him. So, you know, it's accepting this thing that you can't really see and this this... This will over your life is so difficult, but actually it's the only way. Right, right. question. <laughs> right. How do you get to a place where you trust God? Like, how do you get there? I suppose it's experimentation. You exactly. have to, I mean, it's like, I mean, with anything, I was actually thinking about this with a person the other day. Um, you know, when there's a massive lack of trust between two people, where do you go from there? Um, and actually, so it, ha it takes a leap of faith to begin with. And then if that leap of faith is grounded, then but but before that leap of faith i mean when you meet a new person uh you don't trust them when you meet a stranger but do you a little bit do you and a little that's like a like a benefit like them maybe they're yeah. not regular. Yeah. they uh, earn <laughs> they but they earn your trust they earn your trust don't they yeah but yeah. uh it's the same with god when we first meet him we don't know him he knows us we don't know him uh to gain the trust you have to get to know the person mm. So to trust God, you have to spend mm. time with him and, and, and let this relationship grow. Because if you're only going to see God once a week and then like not really talk with him between, obviously you're not going to really, you're going to be just acquainted. So start, start that love affair. Yeah. Do it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, have a little, you know, 
down town with God. She's doing some jazz hands. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fucking with my <laughs> you hands. You can't see that. It's some jazz hands there. Yeah, get some like you know chill time with God. Put get a candle to know each on. Other. Yeah. And then, 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 then you can start building the relationship and trust. Yeah, exactly. That that's what I uh, I wanted to get to. You need to get to know God, but also, I think it's grace, because trust is one of the most difficult things in general in life with people you know let alone with god and i think most of it is grace so god will give you the grace to trust him because if you if you think about it there are people who have who have more trust who are a bit more strong on this on this matter and i think a lot of it is because of grace because maybe god made you for a purpose and he knows that you're going to need to be very um good at this so it just gives you the grace for it, it which makes it a bit more easy, you know, a bit easier, sorry. Not that, that much. Being trustful in life of other people doesn't necessarily translate in being trustful with God, though. No. Because I can leave my laptop in any coffee shop and just, like, go f- away for five <laughs> minutes. And I I, and I'm, I trust that nobody's going to steal it for some other reason. Not here in High Wickham. Oh, that's dangerous, <laughs> that is. No, I did. <laughs> quite a few times. I, I still have my things. Oh, you need to have a very old computer and nobody steals it. All that. Maybe that was that. Uh, but I had a very big struggle with trusting God, and I still do. But I remember one moment in my life when I was um, totally devoted and less like, you, Jesus, take the will. Uh, just do it, whatever you want me to do. I, I will just follow. And it was such a freeing experience of like, I don't know what's going to happen. There's no worry about it either. There's so no worry. Yeah, it's like, not yeah. my business anymore. <laughs> it's not my trouble. I can just do whatever. I mean, I don't do whatever. I just wait for him <laughs> and I do whatever he wants me to do. And he keeps you busy. He Always keeps, keeps you busy. busy. And, yeah, oh and the moment you do that it's so freeing and then things start to happen not necessarily maybe for everybody straight away like a big things but the moment you give him control he's gonna take it he's god is very proactive and he wants to take the wheel and he wants to take make changes in your life for the better so uh if he thinks that there are need, need changes that has to be made and you allow him to do it he'll do it so it's just the taking that leap of faith and just like letting him take the control. Yeah, and also going a little bit back to the signs we were talking about before, I was thinking in the Old Testament where when um, um, the Israelites were in the desert and, you know, God was in the in the cloud and there were times when they didn't move and, you know, when God wasn't moving, so they had to stay. So when you, and, and times when, the, the cloud, the pillar of fire uh, moved and the Israelites would follow. And that's pretty much what happens once you trust him. You know that there's going to be a light shining for, for you when you have to move. So there will be a sign that says go or that says stay. And when you have to stay, you just keep doing what you're doing. Some bits. I've been reading some of the Acts of the Apostles because they've been coming up in some of the goth- in some of the first readings. <laughs> so they're brilliant. I was like, Jesus will do something, and then he just walks across the water and disappears, and they just have us standing there on the shore, like, oh, he's oh. gone again. What do we do now? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, we'll just uh, take the boat and uh, follow him. And it's just like, sometimes <laughs> you just, you know, he's just going to go, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, and you just have to follow. Which is what happened to Mary as well, when you exactly. know, when during the Annunciation, that the angel just left. What? And I just want to point out that the moment when they he left them on the shore, 
it was in the like climax after feeding 5,000 people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that we were ready to take over the country. <laughs> and God was like suddenly like, no, no, we chill. No, <laughs> we, we now. And just I walk on water. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just doing one. And yeah. I think waiting for God is the most difficult part. When you trust him and you're ready to go and pa- he just say like, just calm down, it's fine. But I think even in that, there is always um, something to do. Because if God gives you space to rest, there's also space to grow. So that's always an opportunity. Anything that God gives you is an opportunity. Uh, So even if it seems like it's just quiet and nothing's happening, there's always something to do in that. Because no matter where you are, what you're doing, you can always love people and you can always love God. Yeah, I mean, it's St. Teresa of Lisieux, isn't there? You know, she's on fire. She wants to be a martyr. She wants to do everything. You know, she's absolutely gunning for everything. You know, she wants to do everything. Uh, and then she develops her little way and, and spends most of her time in a convent. And, you know, and she develops this great, you know, little way of, of love, of, of loving small things and loving and a great devotion to prayer. And she just changes. But that's because she's sort of trusting where she is, trusting God. And it's this sort of like weird journey where you know what she wanted at the start. But actually, God's led her to exactly where she needed to be. And she becomes this great missionary prayer. Um, well, great missionary prayer saint. She's prays for missionaries all over the country. You know, she's not on the missions like perhaps she wanted, but she's praying for them. And God's led her to exactly where she wanted to be because she trusted. And I guarantee that was not easy for her, <laughs> especially, you know, I want to be a martyr, I want to be a martyr, and I'm stuck in a convent, which, you know, is, is probably one of the safest places you could be. Um, but, yeah, so it's yeah, very interesting, very interesting. But, yeah, so, you know, that loss of control. And uh, the one thing I want to say is overcomplication. Your calling is simple. We promise. We promise it is. But we're masters over complicators. So much so. So <laughs> much so. You don't let your, uh, I suppose, external life, don't let society complicate your mission. The society. The society. <laughs> hate the society. It's because we've been saying the word society so much. It's just in my head. Um, don't let them overcomplicate uh, your your calling. Your, your calling will be something simple to you at least. Uh, although your path may twist and wind and go everywhere, it's still incredibly simple. And when go- God calls you onto something new, it will be simple as well. It, what you are asked to do may not be simple, and you may have to do it in a non-simple way, but your calling will be simple. So don't oversimplify, don't oversimplify it. Don't overcomplicate it. That's the <laughs> one. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm called to that thing or that thing, and it's just simply what you love. You know, it's 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 no more complicated than that, uh, and it should be it should be like that. It should be like that. I think I think it's probably worth saying as well that your your heart will always yearn for more. While on this earth, you will always yearn for more. You will never be truly settled, and s- and that is part of discernment. You know, is is that actually until you are in uh, the loving presence of God, your heart and you, your soul is going to yearn for more, uh, and and that's a, that's a good realization. I think my in. soul only rests in you. Yeah. That's it. So. Um, what you love, what you want, all these things, you know, whether you're you're pulled to whatever, you're going to be pulled eventually to the love of God. But the real reason we are talking about discernment is because Maria. <laughs> oh, you're almost forgotten there. Why, why am I... Um, Got so carried away by the conversation. You, you've recently uh, well, found your mission. Yes, I um, did. And, and well, we, we want to hear all about it. Um, yeah. Please just tell yeah. us. Just tell us from the start, from the top. <laughs> oh boy, that that's a long story. <laughs> no, yeah, um, yeah. So as I was saying, I found my my mission, my calling. Um, so yeah, I'll be. I've been accepted by Net Ministries uh, to serve with them in the United States as a missionary. 
um, which is just so cool. Like I'm gonna be a missionary. Can you can you hear <laughs> that? Like I, I have I have goosebumps, um, which confirms that it's my mission. But anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> for those out there wondering what's Net, um, go check it out. No, uh, <laughs> so Net is a is a, an, an, an organization that is um, giving retreats to uh, teenagers. So they, uh, they work with teenagers. And I think it's important because te- the teenage years are the most crucial ones. And we always have the most, you know, the, the, the deepest questions that burn the most. So it's important, I think, to, to act I- in that moment and to grab uh, people in that moment, if that makes sense. So they, um, they give retreats and they reach out to people, to young people, and they basically they show them who's Jesus and how beautiful it's to be with Jesus, and the fact that it's um, it's all uh, done by young people as well um, makes a, a lot of difference, and it shows you that faith is fun and is the most fun, and is worth pursuing. Be- really, I mean, I, I've seen so many times that actually the best ministers for young people are young people themselves. Yeah. Uh, and the church classifies anyone under 35 as a young person. So uh, I've got a few years left. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, and actually that is, the, the I can I can see it almost, not not to like, it's easier for me when I walk into a classroom at work, you know, or not wor- at work, but when I do some of my work and I walk into a classroom, my response is so different to w- what someone who is 60, 50 or whatever, the response that the kids give them is different. And in some ways, the, the position they get when they walk in a classroom enables them to say much more profound things and get across in a very different way. But when the, the response that I get enables me to... They, they understand me almost. Even though even though there may be something like 10 years in between us, they s- there's there's that likeness in almost that we almost think the same. You know, they, they think that I think the same, <laughs> even though I may not. But th- there's this there's this almost, there's this connection that you get, which is why ministering to young people as a young person is fantastic. Yeah. So uh, tell us, wh- what does NET actually stand for? Oh, yeah, it's a national evangelization team. So and they're all over America. Yeah, they're, they're all over America. Centers. They have actually uh, some... Groups in uh, Ireland, Scotland. I know they they have some in Uganda as well, mm. which yeah, it's amazing. They're, they're quite all over the world, uh, so it's it's really it's really interesting. And and you'll be there for a year. I'll be there for a year with um, a small team roaming around. Yeah, so I'll be on the retreat team. Um, so we will be uh, traveling around the United States in different areas. We will be actually it's the best part because I get to change almost every night the place where I'll stay and we will have host families hosting us. Um, but there is also a discipleship team which stays in one place uh, and they are there for in generally in high schools. Uh, so they are more of a presence uh, for the teenagers. But yeah, but, but I'll be on the retreat team. We'll be traveling around. It will be amazing. We'll get to teach, to reach so many uh, young people and um, we'll get to give our testimonies so many times and yeah and i mean this is part of my confirmate of the confirmation of my of my calling i guess um and um yeah so if you want to join me in this in this journey which is going to be amazing and i i can know for sure um i am i have a plan of posting things online and you know on social networks and uh, i'm building a website and uh, just to just because i think it's an amazing experience and the more people I can tell this to, it's you know the happier I'll be. Um, so if you want to join me, you can follow me on social media. Uh, you can support me um, 
in many different ways. Firstly, in prayer, please. <laughs> um, if, you c if you want to support me financially as well, because I need to fundraise a bit of money uh, to be able to go on this, on this mission. Yeah, so... I'd be happy to, <laughs> to have your help. <laughs> That's always a tough one, but Six. but I'll tell you, it's I'm I'm excited about that because it's a way of you know you have to connect with people, and it's not something I know how to do, so it's something you'll learn. So yeah, and I suppose missionary work always needs a bit of fundraising. Let me let me be a witness because I've been with Maria through her uh, little journey uh, coming up to this moment, and I've never seen a person being so happy about losing home. Uh, <laughs> and it's, being it's getting out of England. And being that's what it is. Yes, and being yeah, it's a Brexit, isn't it? Maria, Brexit, Brexit. There we go. Uh, so I can tell that it's it's a beautiful to uh, to see uh, somebody embraced God's plan uh, like that, and I think uh, she's gonna be a light to many people, uh, and I I cannot wait for her to just get out there and, <laughs> and start preaching and bringing people back. Uh, to Jesus because uh, you're really made for it so I'm very excited for you so uh, everybody uh, if you want to support Maria in any way uh, we're going to make sure to put some uh, links uh, in the description of this podcast uh, please check them out and uh, see what Maria has to say on her other platforms yeah you can follow me on uh, castmynet uh, on Instagram and Facebook so you'll find me there Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we, we are so excited. Thank you. And so it starts <laughs> this September. Well, uh, we don't know oh, because don't know, it's supposed to be August, year. but actually it, it could August. shift. I think it will be September, but we don't know. We don't know. The reality is I we know. don't know. I know. People keep giving me predictions. and. Oh. Let me give you applause. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let me add you the magic. <laughs> that, that's God. <laughs> that's God coming in. <laughs> Uh, brilliant. Well, um, so thank you so much for joining us. W wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been great and it's, it's been much better than I thought. <laughs> on my side. On my what? side. On my side. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> on my side. Oh, shoot. I ruined it just at the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. That's that's the end with deleting that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't anyone look up her, her Instagram and Twitter. No. It's going to be rubbish. Yeah. Net Ministries. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so, um, yes, so thank you for joining us this evening, afternoon, morning, midday, whenever it is. Uh, it's been a pleasure and we wish you every blessing uh, and especially during this time. Well, at the moment for us, I don't know whether you're listening to this, but it's currently the coronavirus crisis or COVID-19, as I've been told, I have to call it now. Um, so if, if you are in that time, please stay safe and well uh, and please, um, yeah, look out for other people as well. Brilliant. We'll see you later. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Bye.